Talking Sports program is brought to you by the Loaded Bases Podcast. This is New York. Everybody late. Everybody. Season 2, Episode 5. I am Nick Wilson, as always, joined by my co-host, Alessandro De Janeiro. Alessandro, what is up? What's up? Feeling good? Feeling good about the Yankees at the deadline? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was an exciting deadline. I feel like it was like, I don't know. I know that, like... It was was chaos. It was like... Yeah. I mean, the trade deadlines are like, they're, they're usually exciting. Like, I remember when the Yankees got, like, Bobby Abreu out of nowhere. But oh, no, I don't was, know. This yeah. this year is like I don't know. This year maybe it's just with like the adding like the social media and stuff. But like this year was popping. Well, I mean, no, not just for the Mets and the Yankees, but like for all these teams. I mean, look look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, and which Danny is Duffy. fucking crazy. And Danny Duffy. That's right. Oh my god. Sneaky, amazing. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna I get into all this. We are. Go- I know you do. Yeah. Uh, I gave you shit for not. I didn't give you shit, but I was like, I don't know if you're gonna end up like really. Enjoying that pick, and then like a week later, all the like podcasts that I listened to were like, "Danny Duffy is a really great fantasy pickup. You should pick him up in your leagues." And I was like, "Oh, I'm around, a whole hypocrite." Stick but, around. Yeah, but anyway, I was kind of hoping you'd drop him, but you did not, and that is good for you. You also changed your name from the NY Spliffs to Comeback Season, spelled S Z N. So you're yes, it the is comeback biggest season. pompous. I kind of like mailed it in for like the majority of the season. Oh, stop I was dealing it. with the fan. Don't I did. Do I was dealing. That. No, Don't I know. I'm do serious. That. Where's I'm the accountability? Where's the accountability? No, I'm being honest. I was I was taking care of the basketball I need you to be accountable. Playoffs, I, I which I won both leagues, by the way. Peppers and then that in. peppers that in. Not really. That's actually not true. Actually, yeah. that's actually not true. I only won one of the leagues. But um, you won one of the leagues. That is true. I won that one of the true. leagues, but still. But and then can verify. You know, I kind of just. I forgot to set my lineups. I started losing a lot of games. I oh, you have to participate. But, yeah, then, man. Wow. but then we have this kid in our in our fantasy group chat who, when I made a trade with you, Nick, which I thought was a good trade. I'm not going to say – it's a good trade fantasy-wise, especially if you're dealing with fantasy well, points. Well, we're doing the points league. That is the that is the key. It was, it, was John, exactly. it was John Gray, Ty France. Yeah. Uh, it was John Gray, Ty France for – For Trey Turner. For Trey Turner. Which obviously yeah. Trey Turner's a big fish, uh, but yeah. you have a premium on starting pitching in our league. I know that people are like listening to this podcast, like why are they like divulging this information? But, just, <laughs> but no, but it was like it was like nobody was like making moves at all. So obviously there's going to be a premium, and these dudes they vetoed our trade. And I was like, bro, you know anybody yeah. who's ever played fantasy knows that a veto is for collusion. It is literally like you go to ESPN.com. It's like you read the thing. It's like the first thing you see, and they're like. Well, I think that trade was unfair. It's like I don't care how you feel, bro. Like you don't get to. Yeah, like, and then the kid, the kid who called it out. Oh, right that was wait, circle, that was so. Then turns around funny. and ends up getting fleeced he because he got Juan Soto in a trade, but in return gave up Peralta, gave up Ryu, and gave up uh, one other player who I can't remember. And he got. But fantasy and he, got, he also he also fantasy, got he also yeah. got Brett Anderson. So the trade is actually fair. Just letting you know. Um, anyway. So we are going to um, we are going. That was to... a joke, by the way, because he said that. Never mind. Continue. No, I'm not. Yeah. 
So anyway, we're going to discuss the all things trade deadline. Um, we are going to go for the Yankees, the Mets, obviously. The Yankees and Mets both made big splashes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, just around the league things, really that pertain to the Mets and Yankees. We're not going to go over, like, every little transaction that happened. Uh, obviously, if it's, like, an in-the-division thing, it affects the trades. If there was, like, a disproportionate price, you know, maybe we felt like the Mets or Yankees could have met but didn't, that's that's considered relevant. But we're not going to go through, like, every trick. Like, I don't think anybody yeah, wants yeah, to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then we're going to give our final grades, and then we are going to talk about the unfortunate uh, Kumar Rocker situation. So stick around. Uh, we'll be right back after no commercial messages because we don't have a sponsor. <laughs> Let's just let's just hop right in. So, um, the Mets. I don't know if you consider Rich Hill part of the, the, uh, you know, the 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 calculus. Oh, you know, that's know a good point. Know. I I wasn't I wasn't taking into consideration, but considering the fact that we didn't go over it, and it was right by the deadline. It's a I week think it from does. the it counts. Actually, it counts. the day that the Mets got Rich Hill, I bumped into Clint Frazier on the street, and I have a picture, oh, that's right. and I can post it on. I posted it on our IG, the Loaded Bases IG. I literally yelled. I know, again, we're kind of getting tangents. I'll make it two seconds. I went to the Met. I was like, I was like, yeah, I feel a little uncultured. Like, I wanted to nice. just see some art. So I'm, like, leaving the Met. And I look at this dude, and I point to him. I was like, is that Clint Frazier? And he, like, he opened his arms. He was like, what up? And I was like, what? And I Yeah, and, he, and I was just like, hey, listen. You I, some love. I, expl- I told him about our podcast, like, he was also wearing a hoodie in the summer, which I don't, that's not really. Yeah, relevant, I noticed I, that. Yeah, that was a bold picture, move from Frazier. The black hoodie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, trying to, maybe trying he to didn't want to be, or maybe he just, it out. Maybe he didn't want to be spotted, and I like took a picture with him. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was really dope. And I was like, I told him about. I don't know, but too many people are going up and be like, "Hey, that's Clint Frazier." Well, yeah. he look. Well, anyway, I, I, it, made, it made my week. It made my week, and um, he's a, he seemed really really nice. So, but that's just mm-hmm. really, like weird. The Mets, the day that the Mets got Rich Hill. And I think that was a great move. Uh, he looks great. I mean, he, he's he's been doing really well for the Mets, you know, in, in the time that they've had him. So he, he Has looks, he pitched once or twice? Twice. Twice. How, how do you do a second outing? Um, I mean, both both outings he's done, he's, like, literally kept them in games and been, like, good. Like, the, mm. the last game he did give up. It was, like, four and in runs in five innings, but the one before was five and in runs three innings. Uh, or, excuse me. Five innings, three earned runs. So, not like amazing, but he looked fine. And also, it was against Cincinnati, who has like a decent offense in Cincinnati. So, I don't know. It, it, he looked okay. Like he looks like he's just like a serviceable pitcher who is gonna be a depth piece, which is exactly what he is. And they gave up yeah. essentially nothing for like <laughs> really nothing substantial for him. I think it's a, it was a fantastic depth piece. Yeah, no, I think it was. I, th- I the first the first thing I saw when I when I saw it, I can't lie. <clears throat> I hate when this happens, but the first thing I felt was envy because it's a good pickup. It's a good pickup. All right, it's a good pickup, and and he's a good, and especially now with De, which I know we'll probably get into later. But with Degrom being out until September, you know he's going to be eating up some of those games where you know you need a guy to give you you know five innings, five and a half, you know, 
Well, I actually sure. don't think that Rich Hill isn't like a much of an innings eater. Uh, he he's only well, not gone... an innings eater. I'm just saying the, those days where you would rather like, right, go right. to your bullpen well, or go to I, you know David Peterson or somebody. You can go to Rich Hill and he can give you five solid innings. Well, before I actually before we get into the full deadline, I just want to say one thing about the Mets, right? And that is the fact that the fact that they have not run away with this division tells you all you need to know about the New York Mets, right? The antithesis of what I said that they needed to do in like 2019, 2020 is like you can't have momentum if you're pitching guys like Michael Waka and Rick Porcello. And then they were they needed to win a game the other day. And they not I wouldn't say needed to, but they really they the it was against the Braves and who were gaining ground. And Jared Eikhoff gives up 10 runs and five walks. And my first thought was you can never have this happen again this season. You cannot have a Jared Eikhoff pitching a meaningful game. Like, there's just no way that this can be a thing. And so when they got out and went got went and got Rich Hill, I'm thinking, like, bet. Like, that is exactly why you need Rich Hill, so that you avoid – that is the only purpose of having a Rich Hill, a four-era yeah. pitcher who just will keep you in a game like a Dylan G <clears> – <throat> excuse me – you know, I, I don't know, just like just like an average major league pitcher, I would I would say uh, Trevor Williams, who they also got at the uh, at the break, uh, or excuse me, at the at the deadline, commensurate with that same role. Uh, n- nothing crazy, right? Like I think like a Kyle Gibson, let's say, who went to Philadelphia, who the Mets actually asked about, uh, and ultimately the Phillies commented and said they just got a better deal from Texas. So the Mets were looking for for players like that. But ultimately, now the depth that they got in the starting rotation is going to be Trevor Williams. They're going to end the deadline getting Trevor Williams and Rich Hill. That actually, to me, is borderline fine. But I actually, and we'll get into more stuff, but just DeGrom is out for two weeks. Walker, in the last last four seasons combined, averages less than 70 innings per season. So Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker, what did I say? Whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I'm just ignore me. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Taiwan, Taiwan Walker. Like he, he, he's not. He's tired. Like I think that he's genuinely tired. Like yeah, he's so you go to back to you, you, you go back to 2017. He pitched. He pitched. He was 24, and he pitched uh, 157 innings. Then 2018, 13 innings. 2019, one inning. 2020, uh, total of. 20, or excuse me, 53 innings. And then this year, now he's already at 99. Mm. So I think he's a little tired. Then you've got Stroman, who's fine. Like, you know, uh, you've got Carrasco, who looked pretty good in his last start, but he is coming off of a substantial injury, and you have no idea what you're getting from him. You've got Matt McGill, who, I mean, he's been, I mean, Matt McGill has been <laughs> on unbelievable and I, I mean you've got to think that he's going to regret I just want to I'm going to tell you to, no excuse me Tyler McGill not Matt McGill Tyler McGill yeah I was like, in, his, in July he is he is 26 innings he's 1-0 he has a 1.04 ERA 27 Ks and a 208 opposing batting average for the entire month of July so you're I, I don't I would I would assume Tyler McGill would not continue on that trajectory I think we're going to see I would assume some regression uh so now and then you and then I mean that's it like that's their that's their rotation and 
uh, that, you know, the, the question is, if you, look at, if you look at the Mets' depth in their farm system, it's a very top-heavy system, and this is actually, I kind of... <coughs> Jesus Sorry. Christ. You good? <laughs> um, um, so, I just, I mean, it, it really seems like if the, the Mets have a, a very top-heavy system, their top seven prospects are great, and it really just bottoms out after that um it's just like i think they i think they were kind of like they had to get like a javi bias like or a jose barrios you know what i mean and they just went their pitching has been pretty solid it's been a strength so they were like you know what we traded a pretty substantial player in pete crow armstrong for javi bias who we'll, we'll talk about javi bias in a second but i just want to know like do you do you think that that like if you like the asking price for for pitchers like Max Scherzer, the Mets could not meet. Like they like no, obviously Josiah Gray is I would say on the on the level who who the who the uh, Dodgers gave up as part but of. But also package. remember that Max wasn't going to go to either the Mets or the Yankees. That is anyway. that is true. That is very true. So for even I mean even if you want to scrap like let's just say you want that to be the standard like Mac, Mad Max is like the standard. They gave up Rio, uh, Ruiz. Not Rio Ruiz. Uh, Rio Ruiz is on the Orioles. But uh, the prospect Ruiz, who, mind you, they were talking about him taking away time from Justin Turner before the season started. Mm. Um, so he is like a top, like, blue-chip, MLB-ready prospect. So is JoJo Gray. These are blue, uh, like, the blue, blue-chip prospects, like the, the Luis Patino-level prospects. The Mets just can't, like, the Mets just can't afford to do that. They don't have it yet. They don't have it yet. Right. And I think, like... So, so Berrios, like, I, I think he's yeah, actually... Yeah, we both know... I mean, you, we, we've, ex- we've expressed how we feel about Berrios on this podcast. But, at the same time... The juice is not you know, worth the squeeze. Had, like, I understand the context. The Blue Jays like, gave up a lot for Berrios. They really, they did. And, and, and Simeon so, Woods Richardson. You know, it was a substantial yeah. loss. Who the Mets traded to the Blue for, Jays? For, for Marcus Stroman. So... For Marcus Stroman. So, it paid off. But, you yeah, know... Did, did. I'm just saying, like, do you think that they should have uh, gone after? Yes. You think they should have upgraded a little more in the pitching department? Like, I do. Like, at the same time, there's also only so much you can do. You know, could they have gotten involved with the Rockies and taken on Trevor Story and gotten John, John Gray? They neither of them moved. Yeah, I just I wonder. If and the then Rock- you know, it, you ask, you wonder what the asking price is because yeah, nobody did you anything. Know, the Rockies are going to give up Trevor Story for you know, a draft pick and they're going to extend the qualifying offer and he's going to deny it. And then they're going to get a draft pick. And so I, it, 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 it's a head scratcher from the, from the Rockies perspective, that organization, we have no idea what the fuck they're doing. So. I, I just, it's unbelievable. Him and John, it's, it's and Herman Marquez and, and John Gray. Like I, I just don't. Exactly. But you know, I know we're going to get into Javi Baez in a second, but I just feel like if you're giving up, it's, the, it's all dependent on what the Mets think that they can do. Do they think they can go and win the World Series? Because if they do think that, if okay, I can go I out. I think they have to. That is part of their calculus. I, I mean, I, I think it, I ha, you have to assume it is. So if that's the case, then then the thought process should be like, all right, I can add a another infielder, right, that can hit, which we both thought was going to be Chris Bryant. And, and Lindor is also Lindor Bryant. is out, so you do need a know, player that Lindor can play shortstop. Right. But then, if that's the case. Then you should also have. Then you're also going to have to bleed a little bit for pitching, and I just don't understand why somebody like Zach Davies or someone like Herman Marquez, like 
was there ever a point where the Mets were willing to not give up everything, right? But to bleed a little bit and give, you know, create a trade that would benefit, you know, the Cubs. The Cubs made out well, you know, at the end of the day. They, they got good prospects. Um, and so for the Rockies to stay put, it's like, hello, like, you, you, you're not, you, you just, you traded Arenado, and your story's leaving. Like, what are you doing? You might got, as well get better value. Nothing. Yeah, no. It, and what are you going to just waste like Marquez's career? So I, so it's both sides. I just I I, I'm I don't know why, and you're going to start talking about Javi Baez in a second. But I don't know why if you're going to get Javi Baez and you think that you can go to the World Series, you wouldn't buckle down and get another starting pitcher. Is it because Noah Syndergaard's coming back? You're going to trust that regardless I think of how the, he works. I, the, the, I think the well the language around the Noah Syndergaard. Uh, situation based on like just pundits and people who are close to the team it sounds to me like they're going to treat him really lo- very with kit gloves like they did with with uh, like the, the Dodgers did a couple years ago with um, Walker Bueller where he's probably going to come out of the pen or pitch like three innings at a time so I don't think the Mets expect him to be a like a you know five six inning player I, I just don't think that I think they might expect that from Carrasco uh, I'm just assuming, I mean, he went five, you know, almost five innings in his first start. So I think yeah. he's but probably. Now the, but now the Mets are in a position where they have to kind of build these guys back up again. You have to build Carrasco back up. You have to build Noah back up. You have to manage. Well, if, Walker, Walker. if Walker's out, their rotation is just, and I assume that DeGrom. Is, is Walker going to be the odd man out? Well, well, no. So, so Walker's just fatigued. Like, I, I mean, I genuinely believe yeah. that. No, he's I know. Just tired. I agree. Like, yeah. So, assuming that you're gonna have to start to, I mean, Walker, I think we're gonna have to see to believe if he's if he's fatigued. We again, we just don't know. Um, but assuming, let's just say that Walker is going to need like to chill a little bit, um, just coming back from from Tommy John and all those other injuries. Uh, you have Degrom out for two weeks, who's had a, na- a nagging elbow and oblique injuries, just nonstop this season. Uh, you have Stroman, Hill, Carrasco, McGill, and Williams. Like I, I gotta say that that doesn't really feel like a terrific playoff situation. Um, in terms of depth, if you had a healthy Degrom, um, that seems pretty okay. But and if you had a healthy Walker, that seemed pretty okay. But but this is this is why I, I I wonder if behind closed doors the Mets are looking at the Dodgers, the Mets are looking at, you know, basically the whole West and and the Brewers and saying you know what, we can make it a series, but we might not have enough to go all the way. But at the same time, I think and I think you think too that if they had gone out and they had gotten a a solid arm, a solid starter, and coupled that with Baez. And the fact that you also just got Rich Hill, anything's possible. And also maybe get another reliever. Like you know, you could have made all of these moves. Teams were moving around and making trades for two days, and the Mets were, weren't doing anything. Right. There was that little period of time where the Mets just kind of weren't really like doing anything. And and we should we should transition into, into talking about bias. So I'm just going to say, well, all you know, I'm saying is all we, I'm saying is yeah. out of the players like that that did move like Tyler Anderson. Uh, like, you know, uh, um, Danny Duffy. I think those are, like, the upgrades that I think that they sh- that they probably could have made. Duffy would have been a great ad. I think so. Um, but as far as what they did with their starting pitching, 
I do think that like a Jose Barrios probably would have been a little bit too much. I mean, that, again, like well, just I, too much because of the asking price. Because we saw with the Blue Jays. At this, I mean, look. At the same time, I will say, like, I, I, what do you think is more likely that a prospect that the Mets trade is going to end up panning out, and let alone like really hurting them, or them making it to the playoffs this year and doing well? And I think both are just like up in the air. I, I personally would take my chances with the player, like trying to acquire like a a top caliber player. It seems as though the asking price, like, okay, and let me just throw in this one last wrinkle, right? Prospects grading is is arbitrary in the sense that you can have a player like Simeon's Wood, Simeon Woods Richardson. This is talked about all the time if you read books about like prospect evaluation, which is like teams evaluate prospects differently. So just because you see a number on MLB Pipeline or a number on MLB.com, whatever, associated with Simeon Woods Richardson, like he's like the 12th you know, best prospect in baseball, that doesn't mean that the team acquiring him feels that way. So we don't know how these teams felt about the Mets' prospects, and we don't know what the Mets felt about the asking price for their prospects. Like, the Mets' pitching prospects are considered very, very good, and their the, their top, like, seven prospects are all considered very good. But the chances, I think, at least, of the Mets just punting and going for it this year, I, I would take my chances punting and going for it as opposed to hoping that a prospect that you hoard doesn't pan out and hoping that that prospect isn't like the next Johan Santana and it right. just hurts you to the point where you're just for, like reeling for years. I think you, right. I think you just go for it. And but. to me, Jose Barrios like wasn't the, the old, like if it was Mad Max or if it was like a, a, a an unbelievable, like Justin Verlander type, like game changer, I would say like, I don't give a shit, like go just trade. But this whomever. is where I'm getting frustrated. This is where I get frustrated though. Because, like, I, I, I'm not to cut you off. I just don't want to hear about the Dodgers or the Giants or whoever. Because, like, in the playoffs, anything can happen, and I don't want to trade a year of our well, franchise. Hold on. I already for... agree with you that I think the Mets should go for it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not and disagreeing. That, with you. I'm but just... and I think that they missed that opportunity almost. I think they they still have a good chance to go to the playoffs, although it's getting a little scary now. But and they can make a little bit of noise in the playoffs, and that's just good for the team in general regardless of what happens. Yeah. But I think they had opportunities to make, to build and make trades and to make this team more of a juggernaut that could compete against teams like the Dodgers and the Giants. And it puzzled me that they got Baez well, actually, instead I will of say, trading for Chris Bryant. Baez, who's gone like, we, I think in like 14 at-bats, he has like two hits or something, one of which is a home run. So, okay, well, here's, I, the I, Mets, I sort of... The Mets' problem all year has been offense. That right? is very true. That is Baez very true. and Lindor is, is exciting, 100%. Right? But you're giving up a, a – he, he, was, he was a top-five prospect. He just had a shoulder surgery, so you don't they know what The Mets gave that, up Pete Crow Armstrong, which is a substantial give-up. And what's weird is – and, I just again, not to cut you off, but did you see the package that went to the Cubs for Bryant? They traded um, what's his name, the catcher, who's so they traded, replaced they traded, Buster Posey. They so traded, that was a big deal. Well, no, 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 but no. you made, no, no, no. you no, just they said didn't. they didn't. Hold they didn't. on, they traded. I'll, I'll, they traded Canario, who's twenty one and an A ball, and they they didn't trade Joey Bart. That that was that. Wait, they didn't. They didn't. No, that was that was reported, but it, that's not true. They traded. Oh my god. They traded Canario, who's twenty one and spent the year in A ball, where he hit two thirty five and had a thirty percent K rate. 15 steals and 18 tries, but he had a and is apparently a good defender. And then they traded a 24-year-old prospect who has been 
very, very good in double A. 213 ERA, uh, 10.6 Ks per inning, uh, and punching out 94 batters in 84 innings. But again, he's a 24-year-old in double A. And that is who they gave up for Chris Bryant. Or that's who the Cubs got, rather, for Chris Bryant. I think I'd rather have Pete Crow Armstrong alone than both of those players. And apparently the asking price for the Mets was higher. Like, the, 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 they made, like, the Cubs accepted Pete Crow Armstrong. So to me, that seems like the Cubs just didn't want what the Mets were offering. And it seems like, if you look at it just from a bird's eye view, that Pete Crow Armstrong is, like, a good player. So it's not like the Mets, like, weren't willing to give up good players. But you just said the Cubs didn't want what the Mets were offering. That's what I would but guess. Is po- I mean, but is it possible that the Mets valued Baez more than they valued Lin- um Yeah, I Bryant. think that's for sure possible because, because, because Lindor is Lindor on- told, apparently told Steve Cohen that he wanted the Mets to trade for Baez. Well, also, I mean, but Baez I plays shortstop. I think that's a mistake. Then. No, well, Baez plays I shortstop. Think that- the, Mets, the Mets have Luis Guillorme playing shortstop. So I think the Mets. I know, but what does that have to do with anything? I still, I think that's a mistake. Well, I think that's a mistake because. No, I'm I saying understand the Mets that. Okay, you're saying in the immediate because because of Lindor. I get, yeah. No, no, I mean, no I'm I saying the Mets so. got Baez. I'm again, I'm I can't, I'm just speculating here, but I'm guessing the Mets got Baez because he because plays shortstop. Because Lindor is hurt. Right. Yeah. They needed a shortstop defensively more than they needed a third baseman, and Chris <sighs> Bryant is a hundred percent better as an all-around player, in my opinion, at least. Uh, you know, in terms of adding him to the lineup, but I, but I'm I, again, I just think that we can look at these players and be like, oh yeah, well, Pete Crow Armstrong's better, but it's also about what the Cubs wanted. Like we can say that Pete Crow Armstrong was a better package, and I and I agree. And if you ask me, and if you'd said like, would you trade Pete Crow Armstrong for Chris Bryant? I'd be like, I would. It would hurt, but I would. It's not like was the it Mets just weren't Pete Crow Armstrong. It was just Pete Crow. Armstrong. So they, they traded just Pete Crow Armstrong for bias. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my God. So See, I just don't. I just know. I'm just saying like that kind of just feels like the Cubs like the other package more. And then also it also ties into okay you know you're gonna you're gonna have bias and when Lindor comes back you're gonna have Lindor at, at shortstop. But what are you gonna do in the off season? I don't care about the off season. I really don't. Because I, no, but I mean no. You have to. You just gave up a top five prospect for bias who you might not even retain. And are you going to retain him? Are you going to spend $25 million a year to keep him on your team for the next... How old is Baez? He's 28, 29? Uh, he is, I think, 29. But I, I, don't, I don't care about next season. I care about winning this season. I, I don't care if... All I don't right, care I if understand that. But what I'm LA. saying is I'm really... saying that just getting Baez was not enough. No, it and I... It was not and enough. I, uh, and that's what yeah, we've been talking about this whole I, time. They right. should have gone out and they should have also gotten a pitcher. If you can get Baez... You could do a one-for-one, Pete Crow Armstrong for just buys. Why couldn't you go into your farm system, go into your top 10 prospects, top 20 prospects, and offer something nice and get back pitching from the Cubs? I'll put it this way. Why couldn't that be a thing? Why couldn't you engage other teams? There were 30 teams in Major League Baseball. So Kyle Hendricks, I I believe, is healthy. He's got a 3-7-1 ERA this season. Uh, and he's been fine. Like he, he started off the year poorly. I, you know, if you remember, it was like a whole thing. People were like, you know, he's, you know, but he, he throw. He, I mean, he's a great pitcher. He, I, like, the Mets have a pitcher's park. Like he's 31. He's not like 35 or anything, and he's under contract. Uh, you'd say you'd have him for next year, I believe, as well. If, if it was like the Mets just didn't want to like pay in prospects, 
I think that would be a mistake on the Mets' part. I think you should. I, I fully agree if you're like if, if the Mets had the opportunity to just like pay a heftier price, like a, a Ronnie Mauricio or something, for like a top caliber pitcher, I think that's a mistake. But at the same time, it also is up to the other teams to be like, we accept this trade. The, the Cubs may have just been like, I actually prefer the Giants trade more than what than what the Mets are offering. Because if you look, Pete Crow Armstrong is, I, I, it just, I mean, it just seems to me like he is a better player. I'd rather have Pete Crow Armstrong than, yeah. I mean, I, look, I I'm, not a, I'm not a prospect evaluator, so I'm going to, you know, tread lightly here. I, I'm not going to, I can't necessarily, like, compare these prospects, but... Just, I don't know. It seems like the Mets put up a, co- a competitive offer. I don't care if it's half a season of Baez. I, I can, I'm focusing on this year right now. I don't care if Baez ends up going to wherever. I think it, what your point about not doing enough is completely valid, but I don't care about next season. But I also think that the Baez is redundant in a way because he's not necessarily going to save the Mets' offensive woes. Baez, the name... It's exciting because he's a great defensive player. But this problem with this team, just like the Yankees, has been offense. Yeah, well, so, so I, would I just, say... I, I just feel like, I feel like I, I'm, when the, your point was 100% valid. Like, Guillaume is playing shortstop. So, you, you're bringing and in... And also, Guillaume is on the IL play now. that position. Guillaume is hurt, so okay. that's enough. There you go. So, I it guess... It literally I guess just didn't have a shortstop. So, I'm just saying, I think the biggest issue is that they just didn't spend... It, again, assuming other teams... Wanted their... If they're not biased in pitching, it would have been a much different story, I think. I think our tone about their trade deadline would have been much I don't... I, do, I also don't necessarily we care. I, I, yeah, I know. i just say this quickly. Well, two things. One, I don't care what the Braves did. As soon as they lost Ronald Acuna Jr., they were playing catch-up. And I know that they acquired essentially a platoon situation between, like, Duvall and Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler. That's a ter- terrific platoon. You're not... That is just not replacing Ronald Acuna Jr. They were they did a great job, and I am always impressed by this organization. But and they, they got uh, Richard Rodriguez, fantastic. The Mets did not get a single reliever, and that is a problem. Uh, that is a yeah. huge problem, and that is where I would that is where I penalize them. Um, and that so that that that's in my calculus when we give them a grade. So yeah, ultimately no reliever. There were a number of relievers that were moved. Tony Watson, Daniel Hudson, Brad Hand, John Curtis of the Marlins, Daniel Norris, Richard Richard Rodriguez, the aforementioned, Ian Kennedy, Luis Sessa, Michael Givens, Joachim Soria, Bryce Wilson, John Gant, Ryan Tepera, Tepera who's on the Cubs, uh, Rafael Montero, Kendall Graveman. Like, come on, get a reliever. That that that's where I fault them, 100%. But that's I think that's about it with the Mets. So yeah, we'll we'll give a grade. But let's move on to the Yankees. Alessandro. Uh, what's what? What, uh, what do you think? What do you think about the Yankees? Well, um, I like slightly lost my mind this past week uh, <laughs> with my. So <laughs> with, we're already uh, off to a pa- fantastic start. For, for the past two days, I had I've had my face just like in my cell phone and on Twitter, just like refreshing and trying to see what's going on. Not the past two days, but those two days during like leading up to the deadline. That was pandemonium, the by the way. Yeah. Like, that last flurry of yeah. trades that came in, yeah. I'm excited. I'm sorry if I don't sound that excited. I'm actually, like, I'm super tired. But I'm I'm super excited. Um, I, I wasn't sure how I was feeling about Joey Gallo earlier in the season. Yankees fans, I, I monitor, you know, how Yankees fans, like, react to stuff on Twitter. And, like, they have been just like, we need to get Joey Gallo. We need to get Joey Gallo. And I'm like, oh, I, I he, No, he is, he is, like... 
to, like the Mets are a, a super high on base percentage team. And so they got Baez, who's kind of like an all-or-nothing strikeout or home run hitter. I think the Mets kind of could afford to like absorb a player like that. The Yankees are kind of not as much in that. The Yankees do walk a fair amount. They're, I believe they're like top five in the, in, in the AL in terms of walks and have been for a while. Gallo yeah. is Gallo is actually above like a, his career like low in terms of average. Like he's he's been relative to him. He's been great. Yeah. So. so I've 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 so I've super warmed up. Uh, yeah. Since since they got him, understanding his family's from Brooklyn. You know he grew oh, really? up a Yankee fan. That's so yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Super popular. Um. But also, I mean, he's having a really good season, and his WAR is four point one for whatever that's worth for the, on the year. He he comes onto the Yankees and now he's all of a sudden leading the team in OPS with the runners in scoring position, which is great because the Yankees haven't been able to score with runners in scoring position. He's seventh in the league in OPS. His OPS plus is one thirty nine, and he's also a Gold Glove defender. And I was just watching the Yankee game before we started, and Stanton's playing the outfield, so playing, and they're they're at home, they're not in Miami, and he was playing the outfield in Miami. So I think you're going to be seeing Stanton play more outfield because they didn't trade Luke Voigt, and Luke Voigt's coming back. Off the IL, and they were of shopping. Days, so by the way, they, the Yankees were they shopping. They were shopping him. They were shopping him for pitching. I'm actually kind of surprised that they weren't able to get something done. But I also think it's because they weren't able to trade uh, Voit before they got Rizzo, which we'll get into in a second. Well, you're not handcuffed anymore. Like you can let go yeah. of Rizzo in the offseason and still have a very good situation. True. Like, DJ but and Voit, you can now. Have. I will say this: it's it's way too early. Um, it's only been three games, but Rizzo's had a great like, first. Oh no! Games. Well, Rizzo's so a now Rizzo's all of Yankees Twitter wants to sign him, and honestly, I wouldn't be against it. But what that I don't want to jump the gun on that at all. I actually thought you were going to like bring that up. Like, do you resign it? But I, I don't think that we should even be thinking about that. But no, I don't. If, I, I, right now, I don't care about resigning. I care about the yeah. playoffs. Well, listen, that's this my, is this is why. Me. Yeah, so exactly. This is why I'm excited because the Yankees. We know what the Yankee season has been. It's been up and down. It's been inconsistent, right? They haven't been. They've lost the most heartbreaking games that have like ripped your soul out. Yeah. Like games that like there are losses. Where you have that a no hitter going to the sixth, yeah. and you lose. Oh like, my god. Yeah. Between the no happen. between between Herman's no hitter, which went into the eighth, by the way, and then the Altuve game with the walk off. Very bad decision. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just horrible. It, it, so, I, I, mean, just, I just thinking about this more. The Yankees have lost some. Like it's not even just that they lost yeah. big games. It's like how they lost them. Then when coming back off the All-Star break, you know, feeling kind of good about ourselves, half the team gets COVID. Lose yeah. three out of four to the Red Sox, down in the gutter. So this trade deadline was exciting because the Yankees didn't sell. They bought. They were buyers. And they went in and they got Gallo and they got Rizzo. And Rizzo and Gallo are both great defenders. Rizzo is a gold glove and a platinum glove defender. And he doesn't strike out that much. And he hits lefties. And he's a lefty. And he hits lefties to the other side of the park. So he's kind of like just what you need. And he won a World Series. He did it with Chapman, right? And he did it on um, the, who's, the, who's in one the, of the dugout. best teams ever. Like I mean, not, not one yeah, of the best teams exactly. ever, one of the best stories And ever. I also found out that he grew up a Yankee fan. And he was at David Cohn's uh, perfect game in 98, um, which is crazy. But it's also nice because, first of all, it was unexpected. Yeah. So we have to give Cashman credit because the last time that we did the pod, we kind of killed him. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. The, the construction of the roster did not make much sense. Adding Rizzo, which was unexpected, complements the Gallo trade. 
because if you just added Gallo, you're not really you're not really doing much. You know, Gallo, you have another year of control. He's exciting, but he's a little redundant. He's more the same, but he's a lefty, and him hitting home runs in Yankee Stadium is going to be fire. And they fit perfectly into a lineup that's been right-handed dominant. So it's a great move. Now, I think we both know what I'm about to say. You don't make this trade to go to the playoffs. You make this trade to win the World Series. I and I think that's what the Yankees are going for. So, look, this is why baseball is one of the greatest sports or is the greatest sport of all time. It's because the season gives you time to breathe. You can be down in the dumps and you can have an opportunity to totally turn your season around in a matter of like 50 or 60 games down the line, down the stretch. Or your season can totally collapse. And, and not to mention, Cashman, Cashman uh, really needed job security. So you kind of assume... Okay, like, I want like, to push back on that just a little bit. Well, well let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just finish this point. Because y- you already know that this is a disappointing season. It, it was absolutely a disappointing season. Given the and a lot of this is just is I mean some of it is injuries but some of it it has to be he has to be accountable so you already know that he you, he wants to go out and get players the Yankees are not in like an amazing position so the Yankees ownership had to sign off on going for it and they absolutely did and I think that that is an amazing sign if I'm a Yankee fan like my ownership has kind of incentive. You know, they could just, you know, mail it in and start over and not acquire these expensive players and not give up prospect capital, but they chose to go for it and they chose to let Cashman do his thing and do what they pay him to do. And I think that's an incredibly yeah. encouraging sign. I'm, I, that's awesome, if, if I'm being this I love that they say. went for it. So they got Tyone, who was just the AL pitcher of the month. And yes, he, again, like you were saying, he had his ups and downs, right? But he's beginning to become the pitcher that we all expected them to be. But yeah, it was a risk getting Tyone and getting Kluber, who's hurt. But the Yankees expect Kluber and Severino to be back sometime between August 20th and September 1st, which is exciting. I expect them to ramp Kluber's innings up slowly, and I think that Severino is going to be doing more bullpen, like long relief work um, in the beginning. I don't, know, I don't know how realistic it's going to be for him to be like starting playoff games, uh, but we'll see. Um, but wait, we were talking about Cashman. I've, I've come to this, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like, realization, like, kind of. And Brian Cashman has been with the Yankees for almost 40 years. Um, he's pretty much family to the Yankees who run the Yankees like a family business. And the Yankees make profit every single year. And the Yankees have been over 500 since 1999 since 1992 and that's not a coincidence they they strive to be competitive every single year even years that they know they might not have a shot at winning the world series right that's not this year obviously but the difference between george and Hal is that george had an ego the size of the sun and wanted to win and he gave a fuck about making a profit, but honestly, he gave a fuck about winning more than he did about making a profit. He wanted to do both, but he really wanted to win, and he spent the money, um, and he went out and he made brass trades when he needed to, right? And then it wasn't until G. Michael went in the back, whatever, we're not gonna get into it. Hal, I think, 
is content turning a profit and being competitive every single year. And if you run into a championship, you run into a championship. And that's why he wants the Yankees to stay under the luxury tax. Now, the good thing is, is that the Yankees did stay under the luxury tax. And it kind of goes to show the genius of Cashman, again. Because he got the Rangers to take Gallows to pay the rest of Gallows' contract for this year. He got the Cubs to pay the rest of Rizzo's contract for this year. And then he got cash from the Angels. I, I mean, I, I would push back on that a little bit. He kind of got himself in this mess, and he just kind of like did a lot to get himself no, partially of out course. of it. So I'm not no, going to say that like, he's a I, I mean, I don't know, though. Did he, get, he got himself into this mess because he doubled down with right-handed power hitters. But let's be real. At the beginning of the year, not a single person didn't think the Yankees were going to make the, play, the playoffs. Not a single one. And the majority of people projected them to go to the World Series. Why? Because on paper, your favorite expression, the Yankees were unbelievable. They, they had the best lineup in baseball. But it's baseball. <laughs> you know, they, they, they didn't play the back of their baseball cards. And, yes, Cashman continues to drag his feet on pitching. And he took a big risk with Kluber and with Tyone. But for a while, it looked like the Kluber thing was panning out. But the Yankees let him throw that no-hitter, which was probably a mistake, and he destroyed his shoulder. I'm not really, I mean, but I, he's coming back, I and apparently he not, looks really good. That's not the he's, only reason. He was, yeah, he, he was like a, I'm sure that was like the main reason, but like he was still like gonna, he was a rip. Like he's a, he had a shoulder issue, and the shoulder ended up getting hurt. Like, the, it, yes, it was because of the no-hitter, but I'm sure if, it, if he injured it there, he was going to injure it some other, like, it was it was clearly vulnerable. Like I, I don't know. I, it kind of feels like to me like the. These I don't are, know. If a guy throws through no pitches or one pitch the year before, and then he goes out and he throws a, a no hitter. Right, that's my point. He throws like, close to a hundred pitches in that no hitter and already has a shoulder injury. It's going to aggravate it. But we know that, of pitchers. Fragile, we know of pitchers who have in, who pitch risk. injured and who are Which able to nurse their injuries. If Tanaka threw a no hitter one one game, I'm sure he might need Tommy John surgery. I mean, I agree, but like it's kind of like cheap. It's, like, it's just a cheap shot. Like, think, well, I think no. he was going to get hurt anyway. You don't know that he did get hurt. What we do know is that he got hurt after the no hitter. So, at the end of the day, Tyone looks good. Kluber, it looks good and is coming back sooner than expected. He was expected back in September. Now he's expected back August 20th. So that's exciting. And you're right. It was a risk. And I agree with you. But I just think this, like, his whole notion of, like, you know, like, his job security is, like, really in jeopardy is I thought that for, like, a brief period of time. But the Yankees aren't going to fire him. He, he and hasn't done be, his job. Like, would, like he, he hasn't done his job. He gave Garrett Cole a $320 million contract. He's done his job. He's kept the Yankees competitive for the past 20 years. He's done his job. His job, I don't think his job is to go out and win the World Series. These are not those days anymore. The Yankees' job is to go out and be above 500, be competitive, and put fans in the seats. And that's what they've done. And they've been competitive. This year, they've been horrible. They've been horrible. But guess what? They've just won... Let me see. What, let me see if they're winning right now. Hold on. Well, my point is that no, this the, right now. <laughs> the, no, the, the woes of this season. I he is one hundred percent accountable for a lot of the, the things like that wait, are problem. Why? why is he accountable for the woes of, the of this season when the main the wait? So the main problem of this season has been offense. 
and defense the, you, and pitching and defense and, and defense. pitching but pitching so pitching. everything basically <laughs> like he's accountable for right. this i'm sorry like you can't sit here and be like oh well the, the players are not performing on. like that's that's the pitching that's, that's been disappointing like, the pitching that's been disappointing is that garrett cole has been had some games where he's gotten rocked right but then you and also it's been have the development of Diego Garcia, and I mean it's been a lot of things. Like you can't sit here and point to these like individual things. All right, but and be what like, he was also able to do is create a farm system that was flushed with talent, and he was able to trade quantity in order to get back players like Rizzo and Gallo. So he's done his job. They, yeah, yeah. They, he's I also was, been. I, no, I don't 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 get me wrong. I agree. He's been incredibly. I was stubborn, pushing back on the notion that he, yeah. No, no, he no. I just up. wanted to hear you say that because that's that's just what I was pushing back. There's I, a cat on the field in Yankee Stadium. There's a. I I I I don't appreciate your tone when you were saying it though, because it was this idea. Right. No, but this idea that his job is in jeopardy is laughable. It is because if you think that, then maybe, you just don't maybe, know the Yankees. But I just they're don't not, think they're not going to fire him. They will fire Boone. Which is gonna be, which is kind of like, honestly, if if they were to fire uh, Boone, it would be the height of hypocrisy because they, this is Cashman's team, and I think, you know, I think that he. So what grade would you give this off season? Just uh, and I don't mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to know, season. like, we're not talking not, about not the off season, season, not the off season. I give him an A. Trade deadline. Trade deadline. I give him an A. Uh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Because if you're, if you're. You can't factor in, like, the woes of the season. Like, we're talking about the trade deadline. So, I think that I would also give them an A. Like, B minus I'd give them an A. Maybe not because no. they didn't get, like, pitching, you know, depth, maybe. But uh, I do I'd think give that them an Tyron a, looks and good. Yeah. i give them an A, and I do think that they can make a serious run if they uh, get to the wild card, which I think they're going to. And if they win the wild card... Um, I think they have as much of a shot as any team in the American League to make it to the World Series. I give them enormous credit for going for it. And I give their ownership enormous credit for going for it. I think that that is beautiful for the sport. When the Yankees are in the playoffs, Yankees, as a Mets fan, I will say Yankees playoff baseball, there's almost nothing like it. Like, I don't know what's better. Yeah, I really can't say. They're also in the playoffs every single year. Right, but I'm just saying, like. They have in the playoffs in a few years. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I, well, no, because I don't, no. Really, with the perspective of what I'm coming from is that I don't like. Nick, if, if the Yankees didn't make the playoffs this year, which is still obviously a possibility. I'm not saying Cashman uh, would get fired. I'm not, I'm not implying that. No, if the Yankees didn't make the playoffs this year, they're all hell with break loose. And all, all honestly, I'm saying, well, the point that I'm trying to make honestly, is that. Honestly, no, I, to give you credit. To just give you credit real quick, if they didn't make the playoffs this year, I don't think Cashman would get fired, but he would have failed at his job, right? Because the Yankees yes. should be making the playoffs. They should. Competitive. So given the, given the resources he has had and the Yankees He would be on the nice, but I, I think this trade deadline, if, he, if there was any threat to his job security, which I don't think there was, but if there was well, any maybe the, 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 threat the to ice it, is I think starting to crack trade deadline. Would you agree with that? The ice is starting to crack from under him if they did not make the playoffs this year. I think he just put another like big ass piece of like ice underneath him. Yeah. After right, the Anthony Rizzo trade. Um. So, okay. Because and he I also would... set them up. Wait, and just real quick, the most important part of this trade deadline for the Yankees was that they, they got Andrew Haney were, stayed under. <laughs> they stayed under the threshold, which means that they're going to go over the threshold next year. And when you go over the threshold, they reset. You don't it, just yeah. go over the threshold by one million. You're going to go over it. No, they, well, they reset it. They reset it, so now they can. And the, the tax is very yeah. low, minimal. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, they can go over however much they want. I agree. So I, I completely agree with the A grade. And I and I just will say, I, again, I, I just really appreciate the fact that they get, they went for it. 
that is that is off. Like, I cannot stress enough how dope that is that they didn't just mail it in. Because, like, if they did, I'm not saying—I th- I think I, a lot of Yankees fans would go crazy, and it'd be bad for the sport, but you can kind of see, like, why they would. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm not saying it'd be the right thing to do, because I'm literally applauding them for not doing that, but— um, I'm just happy they did. Like, I'm ecstatic they did. Uh, when we were talking, just to shift back to the Mets, like, giving them a grade, remember we were talking about this the other day, and, and I was like, a C minus feels, like, too low, but, like, a C feels too high. Like, I don't know, I don't know, like, what the letter grade would be, but, like, I would say, like, a 70. Wait, wasn't, it was, you mean B minus. A B minus felt too high, yeah. I would say, like, a 78, if I had to give it a number, maybe, like, a 77, because Baez is, like, not a, and Baez is, like, a, a very solid bat. Like, Again, I, I said that the Mets on base percentage ability is great because Baez doesn't really get on base much and he Ks a lot, but the rest of the Mets don't really K a lot and they get on base a lot. So if you're getting on base for Baez, you, you're going to – I don't love the idea of him coming up in a playoff series against a good pitcher with runners on base, but I also do in a way. Like I do like the idea of him you know, being able to drive the ball and get extra bases. So, And also, I mean, we know that like the Rays are that as a team, like – that's just kind of how a lot of teams do it these days. I don't agree with it. I would have loved to see them get like Bryant, but they need they did or, or really more so Story. But even I mean even Story has a similar issue. He, I would have taken Bryant over Story because Bryant's having a much better. That season. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But all but they needed a shortstop. So I, I guess I would. I'm not mad at Bias. Initially, my first reaction was like, ah, you know, I really do wish they had gotten a, a, just like a. A more stable. Look, bat. it's hard to complain. You got Javier. Bias but they didn't get a reliever. Hard, they did not get a reliever, and they did not g- get yeah. sufficient depth. You're just being realistic. I think a lot of Met fans, because there's been so many years, years of being yeah, tormented. Uh, I'm not really like, sure. Oh, not... we got Lindor. Oh, we got Baez. Oh, but but, but I have like, to admit, oh, though, I have to admit, I have <laughs> to admit. So all the Cubs pitcher, all the Cubs players, Homer, like the the Bryant. Uh, yeah. The Bryant uh, Rizzo bias conglomerate—they all homered on the same on the same day, uh, and yeah. and you, you know the the Cubs also played the Nationals. That the, I think it was like a couple days ago. This was a tweet from Max Manis. Seventeen players between the Cubs and Nationals were traded, and yeah, they played each other. Crazy talk. I saw that. Funny, but anyway, um, we're running over time. Let's do uh, running, Kumar Rocker. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk quickly about Kumar Rocker. Everybody lost out. I just want to say, like, everybody lost out. The Mets lost out. Kumar Rocker, who is a 22-year-old who lost a year of development and a big contract, lost out. Uh, it's just it's just unfortunate. And and the Cohen tweet was uh, kind of gross, not going to lie. It was a little bit, like, because, like, this is a young 22-year-old player. The Mets were not able to come to an agreement. Uh, you know, this isn't like the NFL. He just NFL. has to stop with well, the Twitter. The, the, he the, has to stop with the Twitter. He I, has I, to stop. I, with the Twitter. Like, you can be on Twitter, but you have to stop, like, with these, like, snarky, like, smart-ass replies, like, or, or tweets when to, like, that you're replying. Well, he's like, a, he's like a young, he's like, like a you're young. You're just going to infuriate your fan base, like, over time. I'll, and, I like, mean, maybe, it was a, but. It was a bad move If they're winning, around. I actually think you'll have, you'll see, like, the, the Cohen simps, like, just simping OD. Like, they'll, it's weird to see that. There's always like, going to be Cohen Sims, though, just because he no, bought the sure, team and he's sure. so rich. Over the Will Ponds, and he's rich. And yeah, no, yeah. 100%. But I'm saying I'm saying it is it is gross to see, like, because this is like, a, listen, this is like a, at the end of the day, this is a 22-year-old human being who lost out on a year of development. He's not going back to Vandy. Uh, 
he's not going to get that like the best of the best. He's still dedicating his life to baseball, and this is like classic like CBA like work stoppage issues. And Cohen is like thumbing his nose. Uh, essentially, I mean, look, it's a business, so I understand from Cohen's standpoint, like with uh, uh, Rocker is an asset. But that's not the thing. That's not the part you say out loud. Like you don't say that. Like especially if there's gonna be a potentially a work stoppage uh, threat, at the very least, oh, you don't say that. Like I, I don't know. Um, I think it was a mistake on Cohen's part. But I don't think Cohen necessarily gives a shit. So, uh, and I don't Which know. Is, I don't know if yeah. he should or shouldn't. I don't know. I really don't know. But well, sheesh, look, it was a bad. Think, it was a bad look, in my opinion. I think it's inexcusable. Just the fact that look. Well, first of all, in the I wake mean, of the Seattle Mariners stuff, like it just I don't know. It's it, it's a bad look. And but I, also, I just like what, like what, like I, I, we don't know like what the deal with Kumar Rocker is with the MRI, but. Well, it's not like football. It's not like football. He didn't like he didn't take it. Well, he didn't take the MRI. No, but no, no, no. So it's not like football where like the teams get like a ton of medical information. Like that should be clear to to fans. Like the Mets didn't have all the information because teams just don't get that information until you sign them. And then once they saw, and it's like a verbal, which thing. is a flaw, by the way. That's like what the what the fuck? Like that's such a like major flaw. But the Mets, there were red flags. To be fair, the Mets just went for it, and then when they, it's basically like a, a verbal agreement. It's like you, the Mets say to Boris or whoever the agent would be, like, listen, is is this guy good? Because we're gonna test him if we sign him, and the agent, whoever says yes or no or whatever, they say whatever the case is. Boris said no. Mets did tests. They didn't like what was on the test. The, I mean, the Mets obviously they're in their. It's in their best interest to, to get a player they think they want. Uh, Boris released a statement saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with the tests. The Mets just straight up disagreed, and then they just didn't get a deal done. Everybody, everybody lost, in my opinion. I, I think honestly, I think for the money, the money shouldn't have been the issue. I understand that you 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 know six million dollars is a lot of money to give to a player. You, you just deal with it. Someone's right? going to grab him. Well, no, gonna, they someone... can't next. They can't until next year. But the but the point is because that'd be a crazy conflict of interest and like a leverage issue. But the point is is that I think the Mets should have just sucked it up. Let like let the injury happen. Whatever the whatever it is, unless it's like super bad. Like let him if he needs Tommy John or something. Like get, like let him get Tommy John. But like in your system. But now you know here's I mean? my thing. Right here's here, here's what this <sighs> lesson. Excuse me. First of all, like Vanderbilt, like what, what what are we doing, Vanderbilt? You're making your you're having like fucking uh, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker like throwing like 132 pitches a game. It's just, like, they sort of did the same thing much. with uh, actually with like Anthony DiSclafani too. Like what, what he went to uh, Vandy and like they're, yeah they have a they have like a weirdly like under talked about history of doing this. But listen, like there this is a pitcher who was the number one projected. Uh, draft pick before the last season started before Jack Leiter popped had off the season yeah. that he had yeah um, but again he was projected to go number two so I understand that teams don't get medical information but Kumar Rocker dropped he fell nobody expected the mess to draft him he was expected to go either like two three or four he wasn't really expected to go outside the top five so the fact that he fell obviously tells you that these teams ahead of the Mets knew something because they weren't drafting him so, and then maybe as you got to, like, seven or eight, it's like, oh, okay, wait, these other teams, like, they, they, he didn't go in the top five, he didn't go in the top six, maybe we should pass on him, maybe there's something up with him. There was clearly some type of information that was known because he fell. 
and then he fell into the Mets' lap. But it could and it's like, but great. it wasn't like he got. Hold on, wait, time out. Let me finish. It was, it's great. They have this pitcher who is who was was projected to be the number one draft pick before last season started. So we got him now, and this information comes out about the elbow. I mean, it's like four million dollars. The six million. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I get what you're saying. Six million dollars, which is literally like fucking two well, well, cents the, the nickel the, for it's not even, it's So not, I mean, it's not the money; it's the slot money, meaning like it's money that they can't then give to like their next best prospects. Uh, so in that which sense, which is who? Uh, uh, it, it, it's not. I mean, in that sense, I, I'm just saying I, I agree, but. I'm just saying, like, if you feel like this is, like, damaged, damaged goods and you're not going to get any sort of return on investment, and then you're like, well, we like well, who our other Who do they draft process. with their second pick? Because um, I saw something with that, not, too. Nothing, like, nobody, like, a good, I don't, I don't, like, know a ton about it. It just feels like they pick. mailed it in. And and now it's kind of frustrating uh, not, because they're, they're in, losing. But they didn't, but, I, don't, I think but, they should Listen, at the end of the day, they just lose the draft pick. No, but they, they don't get, get but, no, 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 they do. They get one next year. They get the eleventh round pick, an extra next, pick year. next year. Yeah, uh, they get they just hold that slot, so they get eleventh next year. So if they end up with like a better record, they still get the eleventh pick next year. So but it's not still, like all but is lost. That, no, but hold on. That, 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 but I'm still I, my point still stands though. They they still lose their pick this year. They still yeah, lose they their get pick the eleventh pick. Yeah. They, but they get the eleventh pick next year. But you just lost a year of a first round pick. You do. That and is, yeah. the first round yeah. pick that you drafted was was a stud. Yeah. Who, yes, yeah. obviously had something going on with his elbow, although his agent said he doesn't, although you can't trust Scott Boris. Boris is not. But is not, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree I, with what you said. You might as well just you know just let the injury happen or you have your medical team take a look at it. Or take care because of it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. still – and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's $6 yeah. million dollars down the drain. and But, like, at the end of the day, I don't think that I, – I, I don't know. I think it's inexcusable. And I think it, the the main reason why I think it's inexcusable is because you basically lost your first round draft pick this year. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and I, then the second yeah. reason why is because of the stature of the player, which is Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker. No, so, I agree. And I'm not even mad. And, at the, I'm not even mad at them for like going for it. Like, if you feel like the the risk is not outweighing the reward, which is a Kumar Rocker level player, like Joe DeMeo, who does SNY's uh, Mets pipeline said that he would have ranked Kumar Rocker the second-best prospect in the Mets system if he were healthy. So that's the upside. If I'm the Mets, I'm not mad at them for going for that, especially because they didn't have the medical information. Even after they have it, I'm not mad at them for taking Kumar Rocker. I'm mad at them for not going, like keeping him. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm not mad at, on the same page. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at them for taking Kumar Rocker, but I'm, I'm, I was excited when they took Kumar Rocker. I'm just mad that they acted surprised when they found out about the MRI when nine teams passed on him and he was expected to be a top five draft pick. So yeah. obviously something was happening. And and I think it was smart. I think it was smart to be like, fuck it, like who cares? Like if he fell, like if this is Kumar Rocker, let's Agreed. get him. The upside and, but is then, there. Okay, I got him. Okay, but now, you know, give him the money. Six million is kind of a little steep, I'm not going to lie. But you know what? At the same time, <laughs> your, your owner is like fucking Steve Cohen and this guy was like incredible last year and the year before that. So... I'm cool. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Because that kid yeah. is a stud. But, yeah, I'm sorry. We have to wrap up. We do have to wrap up. Um, that I think that's just it. I think that's just our show because um, we've covered everything that we wanted to go. Uh, but also, um, yeah, no, I, honestly, great episode. And also, we got a little spicy, which we haven't done in a while, which I appreciate. Cause yeah, got, I know. I know. Which is I good. No, no, I no. was caught a little off guard. I'm not going to lie. 
So I'm not really feeling so great about some of the arguments. Oh, shush. Make, you but, didn't find you stupid idiot. No, but, but I, <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, I, I feel like the Mets and Yankees, I, I'm, I don't know. I, the takeaway for me is that I'm just super happy that the Yankees uh, did, like, went for it. Because I was worried that they were just going to mail it in and like, and, like, unload, void, or judge or someone. Like, I actually, yeah, I wasn't I, super, I, you were freaking out. Yeah, you I was just, out. yeah, I was just about to say, like, I, I, really you made like, me nervous. wiped out like, because I was in, I was at the park all day today, so I'm, like, super wiped out, but I was so excited. Like, <laughs> that, that whole, like, three-day stretch, I was, yeah, like, bouncing like, off the walls. And then, like, I also, like, kind of felt bad, though, because I kept texting you being, like, this person's going here, this person's going here, yeah. and it was still, like, what about me? Done anything. You're and also, you're also like, a I, one. And I was, like, I was, and I kept being, like, don't worry, like, I'm here, and the Mets are doing something <laughs> soon. Like, don't worry. Like, we have a friend, Kaya, who's, like, uh, like the head of our league. He was, like, I got word that Javier Baez is going somewhere. I'm, like, all right, relax, Bob Nightingale. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> Did but, you see that Bob Nightingale fell, yes. fell for the fake uh, Jeff Hassan there? Yeah. That, that, I mean, we have to start questioning what's going on here. With, uh, I'm just like, convinced I, he's not I, a real person. Point, I'm convinced I'm he's just, not real. He's just no, like, he is a real person. He's just like an inside but, joke. Like, he's like, you know how Shakespeare, just, like, people think that he wasn't a real person, but like an embodiment of a bunch of different, like, writers? Yeah. He's like a, just yeah. a meme that Jeff Passan and uh, Ken Rosenthal like created. I believe that. I think it's more so because he's a real person. I think it's more I'm, so I'm, yeah. that he's just like feeding into it now. I don't think you know? he's that. He's I don't think like, he's that clever. It. I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to give him credit, but I think you're. I think you give him way too much credit. I think he's just a big, big. I don't know. I see him as like kind of like a friendly, like drunk. I he's hope like he's a, not a drunk. Wow, that's you know, okay. I'm not wishing that he's like an alcoholic, that, but like yeah. I just see him as like kind of just like always just like blissfully like happy like with a jovial, like a, beer, like a little like bit guy, of a yeah. beer belly, and he's just like. Oh, like <laughs> just happy to be at the I'm hearing meeting. Chris Bryant to the Yankees, <laughs> like just tweeting it out and just like. But all right, anyway. Um, yeah. well, that's that's it. That's our show. Uh, we're getting, you know, like we said, we're back to regular. We're back to regular shows. Um, yeah. Listen, even if you, though we said that last time, and then we took a month. No, 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 no. We didn't take a month. But if you we like, did. we recorded on July second. Today's August first. But. <laughs> anyway, if you if you like our show, uh, it it actually helps us out a lot. If you comment, like, subscribe, or well, not like, well, not subscribe, but if you if you give us a review, uh, that is super helpful. And go to our Instagram, uh, and we have we post stuff there too. And Twitter, we post updates and our opinions on stuff. So if you want more opinions and you want more of our takes, uh, go to our Twitter, Loaded Bases Podcast, or Loaded Bases Pod, and our Instagram is Loaded Bases Podcast. Uh, and yeah, like I said, give us a review. Helps us out a lot. And yeah, that's about it. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, good episode. Um, and hopefully we'll get back to like a weekly or like bi-weekly uh, schedule here as we finish yeah. out the season. Now we'll we and and hey, look, now we might have both the Yankees and the Mets in the in the postseason for the first time on this podcast. That is true. That is true. Or the Mets being like good for the first time. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, all right, that'll do it. So have a good, uh, have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. Loaded Bases Podcast, Season Two, Episode Five. Uh, yeah, see you next week.